Erin Lee used to be a chef at a restaurant in Michigan. She loves to cook healthy foods. That's sort of my thing, like taking really good, simple, amazing ingredients and turning them into something wonderful, brightly colored, delicious food. But the coronavirus changed everything for her industry and for her. The day before the shutdown, I literally was crying in the back alley behind work because I was so, like, I was scared. I didn't know what to do because I have to go home every day to my kids and I'm working in this restaurant situation where germs are easily transmittable. Her restaurant was forced to shut down because of the pandemic and she lost her job, which in some ways eased one of her concerns. My job could endanger my kids, so that's gone. But so is my money. Now what do I do? I need to work. I'm a single mom. Erin has three teenagers, and the only thing holding her family's finances together are the unemployment benefits she's received. It took almost nine weeks for her to get the money. When it did finally hit and come into my bank, I might have did a little happy dance. I think my kids laughed at me. They were like, what's going on? And I'm like, I can pay the bills. And they're all just looking at me. <laughs> that was, I think, the most joyous moment that I'd had was just the feeling of, I can call and catch up on my bills and go to the grocery store. That was, as silly as it sounds, an amazing feeling. Aaron gets about $850 a week in unemployment, but 600 of that comes from a congressional stimulus package that's set to expire in 10 days. When it does, Aaron and 25 million other Americans will have to get by on a lot less. And now, Congress is back at the negotiating table, deciding what to do about that deadline, keep the benefits going, or let them expire in hopes that will encourage more people to get back to work. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Tuesday, July 21st. Coming up on the show... The extra $600 that millions of Americans have been receiving. And what could happen if that money stops coming? This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Back in March, when Congress passed a $2 trillion bill called the CARES Act, they included funding to boost unemployment benefits by an additional $600 per week. At the time, millions of Americans, particularly think about those that were employed at restaurants, hotels, working at the mall, working at the auto manufacturing plant, they were told by the government, don't go to work. And many of them lost their jobs and lost their income. Our colleague Eric Morath covers the labor market. 
a little bit more than $900 a week is the median wage for U.S. workers. And by adding $600 on top of what the state offered for most people through unemployment benefits, it really was designed that you'd get at least what you received before. This is not how unemployment benefits typically work in the U.S., Normally, people are paid just a fraction of what they'd been making to incentivize them to go look for a new job. But in this case, the government was actually trying to keep the economy afloat while incentivizing people not to go to work in order to slow the spread of the coronavirus. The government was the one ordering people to stay home, kind of forcing the hand of employers to do these layoffs. And so the thought and the repeated mantra was they were laid off through no fault of their own and arguably no fault of even their employer who couldn't have predicted a pandemic would happen. But instead of just replacing people's incomes, what wound up happening with the $600 benefit is that most people got a raise. So the University of Chicago said about two-thirds of the people who are on unemployment benefits now are seeing more money coming in each week than they did at their old jobs. If you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. People have been laid off were lower-wage workers. They tended to earn below the median income because they were working at restaurants or stores and they weren't working at offices that they've now transitioned to their homes. So it's like they got it raised by going on unemployment benefits. And then you add on to things like maybe they're not paying for gas or not paying to take the bus or not paying for childcare. You know, some households are receiving a bit of a windfall. Households having a bit of windfall during the recession was exactly what the government intended. The thinking was the extra cash would go from people's pockets back into the economy. And for the most part, it's worked. The economy is getting $15 billion a week in economic stimulus through this program. And we've already seen the effect that can have, even though we've seen unemployment go to the highest levels recorded since the Great Depression, we haven't seen a drop off in income because that income was supplemented by unemployment insurance and before that, the $1,200 stimulus checks, which meant that consumer spending, which is the lifeblood of the U.S. economy, held up fairly well when you consider how much stuff Americans, you know, weren't supposed to do or weren't allowed to do, like travel on airplanes or, you know, go out to dinner. I specifically spoke to a store owner. He owned a chain of beauty supply stores in Montgomery, Alabama. And he said, you know, when the pandemic first took hold in March and April, he really saw a big drop-off in his business. He fully admits beauty supply is not the most essential of services. Especially when everyone's staying home. <laughs> exactly. And so he said, usually that's a pretty busy time. You know, it's a time of year where a lot of people get tax refunds and they like to go splurge and spend on themselves. So usually he's pretty busy in March. He said he had the absolute drop-off in sales at that time, but he said it's come back. And he had the best June, which is usually not a very busy month for him, that he's recorded in 20 years. And he credits these payments. He says, you know, people now feel that they have the money to pay for groceries and to pay for rent and now feel comfortable going out and spending money on themselves a little bit as well. And that means that he's staying in business. But there's a flip side. Because while some businesses are benefiting from more money in people's pockets, they're sometimes losing out on staff. The $600 weekly federal payment is equivalent to being paid about $15 an hour. But in 21 states, minimum wage is just $7.25 an hour. So for many workers, they're making more while being unemployed than when they were on the job. And that's created the circumstance of 
business owners have been telling me, you know, workers that they've liked and have thought they've enjoyed the job are saying, hey, don't call me back until these benefits expire because I'm really better off now. One of the people I talked to was Jim Gayhart, and he operates this call center in Kentucky. And so he was saying that they had this opportunity to hire more workers because they had a chance to get a contract through the IRS. But that contract required him to be able to hire at least 500 people just to start it and then ramp up to more than 3,000, depending on how things played out. And as they started to look at even their existing work and how challenging it was to get people to come into their job, they said they just couldn't make that commitment and therefore passed on what they said could have been a profitable contract that would allow them to hire at least 500 more people. But they just weren't confident that they could hire that many people. That's right. It's more like 23 or $24 an hour is what a person could make on unemployment benefits. They're offering about $15 an hour to work at this call center. And that's, you know, fairly comparable for the industry. It's actually probably a little bit higher than the industry. And they were even sort of touting that many of these jobs could be done from home. They'd sort of adjusted their systems to allow more people to work from home. But the executive I spoke to said, why would anybody take $8 less an hour to actually have to work? And I asked him, I said, well, why didn't you offer, you know, more money? And he said, there's kind of a breaking point that they did offer some bonuses and they gave some people sort of selected raises. But he said if everyone had to be paid 23 or $24 an hour at the prices that they were bidding on the contracts, they weren't able to operate profitably. And it's not just the money. Some people don't want to go back to work because of the health risks, like Aaron Lee. I don't like to talk about it too much, but my daughter was born missing parts of her heart, a bunch of stuff going on with her. And so she had open heart surgery at just a few days old. Wow. You know, I was very blessed that she was able to stay on this earth. There was doctors and nurses and all kinds of people that made so that I could see her smile and hear her laugh. Because I I wasn't sure that that was ever going to happen. So for me to go out and possibly pick up this germ and come back and give it to her, which, or any of my kids, but I don't know what this would do, you know, with her type of health issues. Um, so I was thinking, okay, well, you know, I need to, I need to work, obviously, like I have to, but I also want to protect my children. If I didn't have kids, this whole situation would look a lot different to me. And I would have worked through the entire pandemic. Even before her restaurant was shut down, Erin's fear for her kids really weighed on her. I would come home and just go in the kitchen and wash up and I put a mask on and I would make their food and whatever and make sure that they were taken care of and then go direct it to my room. So you wouldn't even see your kids when you got home? No, no. I would just go straight to my room. And the first couple nights we had dinner, I was in my room and we just did dinner over like FaceTime (laughs) because... I was just scared to be around my kids. And that was something that I had never felt before. Aaron's predicament is one that a lot of people find themselves in. They've got health and financial incentives to wait to go back to work. And now Congress is deciding whether to change that equation. That's after the break. 
This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back. Lawmakers returned to Capitol Hill this week to begin talks over the next stimulus package. Whether or not to continue the $600 unemployment benefit is one of the big points of debate. The Democrats have already made their position clear. The House of Representatives, which is led by Nancy Pelosi, has already put forth a proposal to extend the $600 benefit through January. So this would be something that wouldn't really need to be dealt with until the presidential election has passed and you have a better sense of where the economy stood. The Republicans are a little bit divided. There's some that say they're very concerned that this is essentially a form of welfare. If it's extended beyond sort of the deepest moment of the crisis, which they'd argue we've passed, then it's going to start becoming something more along the lines of an entitlement or an expectation that every time we face some sort of crisis, the government will provide this level of support. There's a middle ground, and the Trump administration has voiced some support for that, which would be reducing or scaling down the level of benefits, while at the same time perhaps providing some sort of incentive to go back to work. That could take several different forms. Two of the most popular are sort of saying, hey, you could just stay on these benefits for another three or four weeks and maybe get a $1,000 extra bonus if you go back to a job. Or another option is there's a lot of talk about eliminating the payroll tax, which that only benefits you if you have a job. The payroll tax cut is an idea that President Trump has been pushing since the pandemic began. It would reduce the amount of taxes taken out of people's paychecks, meaning it would do more to help those who are working rather than people who are unemployed. The White House is lobbying Republicans in Congress to include this tax cut in their stimulus plan as an incentive to get people back to work. But Republicans are divided on the idea. Instead, the party's leadership is more focused on that $600. They'll likely propose to decrease it, but not get rid of it entirely. What do economists think should happen? Yeah, I mean, this is an issue that definitely divides them as well. I'd connect it with one of President Obama's top economists, and he thinks eliminating this benefit and the subsequent decrease in consumer spending, which again is the primary driver of the U.S. economy, would result in 2 million jobs being lost. So we've had a couple of months of good hiring progress. He thinks we'd go backwards if this was eliminated. But an economist who's been an advisor to Republicans, including John McCain and George W. Bush, said you know, exactly the opposite, that this is a huge incentive not to go back to work. There are jobs available that are going unfilled, and you'd be able to push the unemployment rate down you know, a couple of notches 
by reducing this level of benefits. Congress is hoping to pass a new round of stimulus before the unemployment benefit expires on July 31st. This afternoon, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said that's unlikely to happen. But the $600 is just one piece of the equation. They're also debating whether to include liability protections for businesses and funding for schools. But whether or not the unemployment benefits are extended or expire, some of the people currently receiving those benefits already know what they're going to do. Like Erin Lee. With coronavirus cases surging, she's not planning to go back to work just yet. I've made it so that I can get us through, I'm thinking maybe about two months. I've tried to save what I can and work out my budget so that I can make this work. We've eaten quite a bit of canned food around here lately. Really, hopefully that things sort of calm down in the next couple months. You know, it buys me a little bit of time. But do you think that two months is enough time for the for the virus to get under control? Not, not, not at all. Not at all. But I guess I just have to hope. Because um, that's, you know, I'm just sort of like one day at a time. That's all for today. Tuesday, July 21st. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by T-Ping Chen. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.